This is Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks, and welcome to my podcast series, The Voice of Leadership. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about the benefits of assuming positive intent in your relationships with other people, including those who you wonder if they really do have your best interest at heart. So no matter what people seem or appear to be doing, we want to assume positive intent. And there are a couple of reasons. One, because we make up a lot of stories in our heads about why people do what they do. Now, in reality, only God is omniscient to know what people are doing and why they are doing what they're doing. Often, when we are making up the stories in our own head, we are wrong about the nefarious motives that we assign to other people. So since you don't know, assume positive intent. And let's talk about the advantages of assuming positive intent when you don't know. Number one benefit is that you open up more avenues for intervention. It allows you to come up with partnering solutions to whatever the dilemma might be that's on the table. So you're going to expand the arena, which is the floor or the space of operation. And when the arena is expanded, when you are seeing the other person as a potential partner, and when more avenues open up, you get to what I call, and you've heard me say, you get to the third solution. And the third solution is what neither one of you would have come up with on your own. However, by collaborating together, partnering together, you come up with the best intervention and neither one of you thought of it on your own. Now, not only are there these kind of corporate benefits, if you will, to assuming positive intent, there are also some personal benefits to assuming positive intent. So one, you retain what I call your full range of vision. You want to be able to see the entirety of the landscape in front of you. Now, when you think that the person who you're operating with is a potential enemy, you automatically go into fight-flight mode. And fight-flight mode is very focused. It needs to be focused for self-preservation. However, you want to have not the narrow focus at this time. You want to be able to see everything that's going on because the more you're able to see, then you can marshal the best response to whatever the other person is doing. So imagine yourself as a tennis player and you're back behind the line there and you're waiting for the ball to be hit in your direction. You might say to yourself, I know that this person knows I have a weak backhand. So therefore, they're going to throw it 
all the way over on the right-hand side and force me to have to use my backhand. Or you might say, I know that they know that my weakness is in this area, and so this is where they're going to hit the ball. Now, that other person may know all of those things. However, you don't know exactly what they're going to do. They might hit the ball, so you have to use your backhand. They might run you all the way to the extreme left. So the agile tennis players in the back of the court, ready to move in whatever direction is necessary when the ball comes. So this is what I mean by being agile and opening up your options and possibilities. If you're not in flight and fight mode, you can do that. You also want to stay in your sweet spot of what I'll call calm, self-control, and being able to fully exercise your personal proactive agency. That comes from being in a place where you're not rushed because you have maintained internal calm. You have maintained control over your own faculties, your own self. You don't need to control anyone else. However, if you control you and you're able then to proactively decide your next step, then you actually are influencing heavily what happens next. You lose ground when you're reactive. So you want to be ahead of the curve and maintain all of your faculties to be proactive. So when you're in that calm space, you also collect better data on what the other person is really doing. Now, you might assume that there's something negative going on, and that's an assumption until you have enough data to show that time and time again, this person has done harmful acts that really can be measured and really can be identified. So when you stay in the calm space, you will make better decisions. You will collect better data. Now, data over time is going to show you the patterns that are important to see in your relationship with this other person so that you can adjust accordingly. So you want to operate on the basis of real data, not just prejudices that you might have against the person or any preconceived notions about what might be going on. Now, sometimes we think that our assumptions and that our preconceived notions are really data. We think that's the truth, that those are facts about the situation, when in fact they're not. So sometimes it's useful to get perspective from wise others. So even when you believe you can say, I know they're out to get me, you want to counsel with another wise person and you might ask them, some questions. You might say, here's what's going on. I really believe that they have it in for me. They're out to get me. They're trying to get me fired. And what you want to listen for is ask the person, what else could account for this data picture that I've shown you? If they're able to suggest other narratives and other possibilities of what could be going on, besides what you have concluded, then that means that your data is not definitive for your conclusion. It isn't hypothesis. It could be correct. However, there are also other scenarios that could be correct as well. So you don't want to prematurely 
fasten in on one when you don't have the data, when you just have an assumption about what you think may be going on. So this brings me to the point of how important it is to renew our minds every day and to have the mind of Christ in everything that we do. Then I want to read Romans 12 too, which is the verse that undergirds and is behind my company, Trans Leadership Incorporated. And it says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That's what we're here for. The good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And when we renew our minds every day, when we are transformed every day by the word of God, we are able to walk in our workplace, walk in our homes, and walk in our lives in such a way that we make a difference. And we're operating not just by assumption. And in fact, we can even bring good to situations that could have even been meant for our harm. However, God expects us to rely on him and he will show a more excellent way. You've been listening to The Voice of Leadership with me, Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks. And I want to give a special thanks to jazz saxophonist Ron McMillan for granting us permission to use his gifted music on our show. Thanks for listening. And remember to go to my website, transleadership.com, for more strategies, insights, and leadership resources.